and welcome to Good Luck High Five, episode 438. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering. Whether you are just out there jamming some Modern Horizons 2 at your local pre-release, or maybe you're just chilling at home playing some good old kitchen table magic, we are here for you. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And on today's show, we're going to talk about said Modern Horizons 2. That's right, because we both played the official Watsy Spell Table pre-release. Yeah. Yes. Had a blast. And really we want to show you our decks. Yeah, our decks are, you know, decks that happened. They happened. That's they happened. the best that can be said for mine. And I've been playing a lot of MH2 Draft on Magic Online, and Oof. it's really, really fun. And yeah. I know that's a huge barrier for a lot of people, be it being on Magic Online. I know. Because they're just not used to it. Yep. They haven't played it. Blah, it looks blah, blah. like it's from 1991. Yeah, it's an ancient crab. But <laughs> that being said, it is a way you can play it, and it's really fun. But yeah, yes. a, a, a release date is Friday, so yeah. it'll be in your LGS for sale then. It'll be on Carcanum for sale then. So, you know. Pick it up. There's other ways to play. Play it with your friends. We're also having a pizza party. Yeah, we are. Because we're having some real last day of school vibes over here. Absolutely. We just always plow right on through yep. episode every single week of the year for you. It's true. But every once in a while, we need to pretend like we're going to have the summer off. Yeah, so we you might have been like, what is this White Cloud doing in front of yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. Well, we're going to drink them, we're going to eat some pizza, and then we're going to do uh, answer some of these AMA yes. questions that we asked people for on the internet. Real excited to ask, yeah. answer your burning questions, magic or non-magic related. Yes. All forms will be answered on this episode. So, but before we do any of that, we have people to thank first yes. and foremost amongst them are you, our amazing listeners. Thank you so much if you are a patron of this show uh, over at patreon.com slash GLHF magic is the place to do it. And special shout out to Zach. Yay. Thank you, Zach. Thank you so much, Zach, for becoming a new patron in the past week. It really does mean the absolute world to us. And this Saturday, we have our special patron only Yay! 100 card standard tournament I'm so excited for this yes. uh, bring whatever fun deck you want to play it's totally free if you're a patron mm -hmm. we give prizes out uh, it's a wonderful time hanging out with people in our discord while it's the great. tournament's going on which was kind of the most fun part I think Yep. and you get to play a really unique format that you don't often get a chance to and just yeah. get to hang out and play if you can't play all the rounds that's okay come for a few go for a few whatever you want to do it's so casual it's such a good time yeah. So the registration for that is up. The link is available over on our Patreon. If you are already a patron, become a patron and you can see it and join us. It'll yes. be such a good time. We start at 9 a.m. on Saturday Central Time. Um, yeah, the only uh, thing to note is it is a standard ban list, but we're also banning Yorian. Yes, because Very good to know. Get out of here, Sky Noodle. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Look, I love, I love him, but not here. <laughs> not, not here, his place. not now. And we just ask that you bring a deck that's not super spiky. That's the only, yeah, the only that's requirement. That's the only real thing. Yeah. So it's going to be a great time open to patrons only. So please be, consider becoming one. Even if you don't want to play in the tournament, help support the content creators that make the content you consume. You make their lives literally possible. Yes. So thank you so much, everybody. Thank you as well to Card Kingdom. As Maria mentioned, a great place to go for any of that modern horizons to action that you need absolutely uh, go get your boosters go get your booster box go get your singles for yes. it uh 
the the top place, great shipping, wonderful customer service, just all around great people over at Card Kingdom. Yeah, if you're having some parties with your vaccinated friends or you're playing outside or something, why not get a booster box, do a draft? Like, mm-hmm. it's such a fun format, everybody. So I cannot sing its praises enough. And Card Kingdom is the best company to buy anything magic related from. Cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. Well, friends, it's time to talk about Modern Horizons 2. Yeah. All right, Maria, tell us about what you've got here. Yeah, so I've brought my deck and laid it out on the table. If you're watching the video version of this, you can see and uh, look along with me. This is what I built. I bl- built blue, white, splashing black artifacts flying. Ooh. Mostly flying. <laughs> Mostly flying. It's a classic archetype. Yes. Blue, blue white, white flying. Blue, white flying. If you don't know what to draft, draft blue, white flyers. My rares that I opened um, in my pool were horrendous. Yep. I feel you there. Absolutely horrendous. Urza Saga, I would call the good one. Yeah. The rest, absolute garbage. And I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. They were very, very bad. Um, No. It's okay because I built this deck, which was just fine. Um, It had a lot of like two and three drops because I was trying to be aggressive. Yeah. Play little flying creatures. We've got uh, our fun friend, Marble Gargoyle. Yeah. Which is a two, two. And you can pay white to bump up his butt until end of turn. Give him plus oh, plus one. Uh, Burdened Aerialist, which is a little three, one sack. What is it? Treasure? Yeah. Or token, is it? Yeah, sacrifice a token. It gets flying until end of turn. And then we have lots of recursions. So two copies of Disciple of the Sun, which yeah. I really like this card. It's a 3-3 lifelinker for five. And when it enters the battlefield, return target permanent card with a CMC three or less from your graveyard to your hand. Nice. Sorry, mana value. <laughs> yeah. Mana value. But yeah, like it's just a just a tiny little um, flyers and do I stuff mean, with you. I look at what you're hiding in here. Yeah. Look at this gorgeous buddy. I got a full art counter spell, y'all. Oh. So pretty. I tweeted a picture of this counter spell with one of my squirrels. I opened, I want to play squirrels, obviously. Yep. I even opened the squirrel lord and it was not to be. I'm, I'm sorry. But I was like, which one am I most excited about? This counter spell or the squirrel card? Everybody got it right except for two people. And one of those people called out Brad Nelson. Wow. Yeah. All right. Brad Nelson called out overvalued in your estimation. You know what I spell. like. It's squirrels. It's squirrels. It's all squirrels all the time. In yeah. this deck was kind of fun with Urza's Saga. I had a copy of uh, Brainstone, which on chapter three of Urza's Saga, I can go find an artifact card with uh, convert mana cost zero or one. Put Ooh, on the battlefield. So you had one. And I had one. I had brainstone, so I just cracked brainstone, which is brainstorm on a stick. Yeah. And I was able, and like, not on a stick, on a on a stone, on a stone, in fact. And it was really, really good. That's um, awesome. I've never really played a lot with brainstorm or brainstone, and it turns out it's a uh, turns out card selection makes a big difference. It does. It's in quite magic. good. Uh, I had a lovely little batter bone, which is a living weapon artifact. Oh yeah. Which gives plus one plus one vigilance and life link with equip cost of five. That's fun. Which is really fun. A Phantasmal Dreadmaw, which is just a giant 6-6 trampler for four mana. Wow. You know, and it's the old art um, sketch style. Oh, I love these. They're very cool. They're so cool. And uh, yeah, you just have to sacrifice if it becomes target of a spell yeah. or ability. Um, my favorite probably of all of these cards, though, was my uh, Ethereum Spinner. Ooh, I also had one of these. This is very strong. 2-1 yeah. for 3. Whenever you cast a spell with mana value 4 greater, make a 1-1 one, one Thopter. Yeah. Nice. GG. Pretty good times. GG. So anyway, really fun little deck. Um, really liked playing it. 
I was splashing black for Tragic Fall. Um, good card. Because I needed some more removal. But yeah, and also the fixing is very good in the set. Lots of um, dual lands. Yes, I do really love the fixing in this yeah, set. Easy to go and fetch anything mm -hmm. you need. You know, I played against people playing five color and it was totally fine. Um, yeah, somebody played a Garth against me. Ooh. Which is a, the uh, Wooberg card that lets you make black lotus. So, and or Shivan Dragon or whatever the heck you want to make. Yeah, just bunches of stuff. Bunches of stuff. Uh, Terror. It makes a copy of that. Yeah, it was. Um, it was really really cool. And it, this deck. So I went like two, I played three matches. Went two one, um, and had a fantastic time. Awesome. I'm going to talk a little bit while Megan's laying out her deck about the spell table experience because yeah. this was our both of our first time playing on spell table. Yep. And what an awesome program. It really is. And I know we've talked about in the past like, hey, go on spell table if you you know don't want to go to your LGS or you can't or you're somewhere else in the world where it's not being offered. Mm -hmm. And my gosh. Were we right so cool. to recommend that? It's yeah. such a wonderful program. It's so easy to use. And you can click on the cards your opponents play and it pops them up. Great. So you can see them. Amazing. The card image. Yeah. It's the future. Anyway, tell me about your deck. Okay. So as you can see, it is green-white stuff. Yep. Um, it has some notable stuff that I got to play in Marari's Wake. Oh, great. Uh, so good. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever you tap a land for mana, add one mana of any type that land produced. And so... Obviously, great. Yes. Um, I love, I opened Enchantress's presence. Uh, and so I obviously have some enchantments to Captured by Lagax. This card's nuts. I love Captured by Lagax. You just make it not be able to attack or block, and then you put you plus support one, plus two. counters. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Excellent. Um, yeah. And so I was splashing a little seal of removal also for Enchantress's presence and also for this combine oh. chrysalis because it's green blue <laughs> for creature tokens you control have flying two green blue tap sacrifice a token create a four four green beast creature token activate only as a sorcery um, because bananas. I have ways to make tokens like verdant command uh, chatterstorm one of my favorite things ethereum spinner yep uh, soul of migration yep and so it was just kind of like okay let's do like a cute little thing with just these make some tokens oh just kidding they're four four beasts yeah they're four four uh, with flying. Yeah. Um, a card that I've just been very impressed with is Glinting Creeper. Because like you said, it's so <laughs> easy yeah. to be three colors. So it's a 6-6 six, six for five. Nice. Like I've never cast this as less than a 6-6. Six, six, and it's that's just good. Honestly, it's not worth it to be a creeper unless you're a 6-6. Six, six. Yeah. Let's get real. Go. And you also have Squirrel Sovereign, the cutest card of the set. Yes. Squirrel Sovereign, late to dinner. Some, of, some very cute art also. I'm just saying, um, Scryfall update, Squirrel yeah. Sovereign's the cutest card from Magic Ma oh, Modernize. There you go. There you go. Um, I love Late to Dinner as a... Have you seen this? Return card, your creature card from your graveyard, your battlefield. Oh, make a food token. Oh, that's but cute. Also, look, it's like, it's like a rhino having dinner with his ghost elephant friend. <laughs> that's great. And it's called Late to Dinner. I love like it. They, oh, and you okay. make a food token. Um, anyway, so very cute. Let me tell you about my favorite name card in the set. Ooh, tell me. It is Floodhound. Bloodhound is very good. It's I a like one, two, pup or dog. That's blue, obviously. Yeah. And you can pay three and tap it and make a clue. Blue's clues. Great. Great. Let's remember that for the Krumbies so, this year. Yeah. So cute. What was your experience um, playing? I went two, two, which I think was, you know, very fine. People yeah. who are too slow, 
I could just like land some of my bigger creatures and just get them. Yep. Um, but people who had a lot of card draw got me good. Yeah. The, so. their, the ability to build very powerful decks in this format cannot be overlooked. It is. Yeah. So this was not quite high enough power level, but it did have enough stuff going on, like being able to make my creatures quite big with like Thraben Watcher and Marari's Wake, obviously. Yep. Just let me get in there sometimes. And you know, what's interesting is Modern Horizons 2 um, is lots of keywords, lots of synergy yeah. possibilities which is really fun for draft, but it can sometimes make sealed a little bit tougher. It is a little bit more like wiggling around in there and seeing what you can do. Yeah, for sure. But the mana fixing helps yes. with that problem. Lots of people playing lots of colors. Absolutely. So if you get a chance to try MH2, we recommend it. I good, think it's, it's really fun. Time. I wish it was on Arena. Look, we can't go back in time and make it happen and add every modern card to Arena, unfortunately. Maybe yeah. one day they will. Maybe. Because I think it'd be a good investment. But, like, yeah. who knows? Um, but, anyway, it's on Magic Online. It's in your stores. It's at Card Kingdom. Go play some MH2 for a good time. Yeah, man. Everybody, it's pizza party time. Oh, this is a good pizza, too. All right, Megan, describe this pizza. Um, it's sweet corn, bacon, uh, jalapenos. Not on your half, don't Thank worry. You. Thank you. Um, and then, like, cilantro, lime, aioli. <laughs> it looks so good. <laughs> it's a very good pizza. It's one of my favorite pizzas. This is so. from Pizza Luce. Yeah. So if you're in Minnesota, check them out. It's one of their seasonal pizzas. So oh, go and get it. Only oh, and feta, which is oh, feta, yes. very important in Maria's world. Look, it's either feta or the oldest cheddar you have. I will accept no thing else. <laughs> um, these two also have jalapenos. On okay, them, so, so you start go, there. Over. Go over here. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my gosh. It looks so good. Uh, I'm very and of I'm course excited we for gotta this. crack our claws. Yep. The sound of summer, right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so true. Mmm, that's refreshment. I'm feeling the heat of summer right now. Thank you, everybody who wrote in with AMA questions for us. Yes, All we're right. so excited to answer. Ooh, and this one starts out great. Mm -hmm. Um, very on topic. Okay. Starfish asks, June is almost here. What's your favorite summery activity? Oh, great question. Yeah. Wow. Summery activity. Mm -hmm. I actually, um, I don't know if this is weird or not, but I do really love playing video games and going to movies in the summer <laughs> because it reminds me of childhood when mm -hmm. that was when you could do those things. Like, otherwise you didn't really because you're in school or you had after school activities. Mm -hmm. So it brings me back to childhood days to so just sit down, play some Mario, go to a movie in the summer. Um, really, really fun. And of course, go into cabin because cabin, Minnesota, summer is cabin season here in Minnesota. So mm -hmm. go on swimming in a lake. Love lake swimming. Get get on it. Anyway, those are, those are my three. I would agree. Lake swimming, camping, hiking. Mm -hmm. For me, it's all about the outdoors. I want to spend as much time outside as possible. Great plan. I accidentally almost gave myself heat stroke on Sunday. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to be careful. Which wasn't smart. So hydrate. You know, stay hydrated. Um, one of my favorite hacks is, like, if you – I use, like, old dish towels or, like, cut-up T-shirts. And then you get them wet. And then you, like, spin them. And then you freeze them. And you can wrap them around your neck. Oh, that's If you great. get hot. So – and I put mine – if I'm going out to do stuff and it's a very hot day, I put them in my little cooler – and then you can pull them out of your cooler and put them on while you're outdoors and very warm. Look at that tip, everybody. So there you go. Look at that Hot tip. Hot summer tip coming at you. I already did some camping over Memorial Day weekend. Um, it was a great time. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. 
Cheers. Uh, all right. Uh, hmm, Fonz <laughs> asks current bop. Great question. Great question. Great question. I got to say, what's an interesting phenomenon of the pandemic for me is that I'm somebody who listens to um, music, like exclusively happy music. Period. You know, you do. I can confirm this. Yeah. And so because it has huge effect on my mood. So if I listen to sad music, I instantly like feel bad. And so I I don't do that. So during the pandemic, I actually stopped listening to music almost entirely because I just wasn't in the mood. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like the happy music boosts my mood. I listen to it when I'm in a good mood. And I found I realized at some point I was like, oh, I'm just not listening to music because I'm not doing any of the activities that I normally like listen to it on the way to an improv show or hanging out with friends or whatever yeah. just weren't occurring so I just wasn't yeah isn't that sad and weird I mean it makes sense uh, anyway it does make weird sense stuff happens all the time in the pandemic yeah very very true so yeah. I have a playlist on Spotify called the funk list and um, perhaps I'll link it in this you're episode a real, you're a real funk head I am a funk head and I've got some great bops on there and I think one of my one that I'm going to recommend just because it's in the name of the question mm-hmm. is a Scary Pockets cover of Mbop by Hanson oh. so Scary Pockets is a funk cover band and they're excellent if you never heard of them you can listen to their whole playlist and you'll have have a great time and their cover of Mbop is just like so awesome you'll be listening to it, you're like is this Hanson and then they hit the chorus and you're like oh it is nice and it's better than Hanson's wow there I said it they also have a, an excellent cover of Man in the Mirror which I love yeah so those are two covers by an interesting little funk bop band that I recommend mine is going to be um Katy Perry's Never Really Over oh that's a great one so good great, great bop came out early last year Great bop did not get the play that it should have. No. It is the definition of a bop, it in my should, opinion. They should bring it back. It's a great summer yes. song. It should be it should be top bop. It should be top uh, bop right really now. I love it. Go listen to it. Even if you're like, I don't like Katy Perry, just go listen to Never Really Over. It's you can't not feel great while you're listening to it. It's a well constructed song. It is a top bop. Yes. Top bop. <laughs> the next question comes from Paige. Favorite non D tabletop RPG. Ooh, you know, tabletop is where I'm like, what have I even played? Yeah, we played a, a like that cool murder mystery one. What one was Chris. that? I don't remember what, what it was called. I don't remember what you mean. The one where there was the murder mystery on the train. <laughs> Do you remember we played murder the, on the Orient Express? Was I, I mean, there for this? Yes, because I think I thought you were the murderer. Oh, yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was like uh, one of those parties, like a murder mystery party game. Yes, but like an RPG. <laughs> That's Do you know right. What? Like I would say, the, so that I would say my of. favorite kind is like murder mystery party games, honestly. Absolutely. Love it. You got to I love a mystery. We love solving a good murder. Want to find out who did it. Yes. Who done it. Very if fun. You will. Love being suspicious of everybody. Yeah. Love just. So fun. Yes. I played a storytelling one that I can't remember the name of, but it wasn't quite enough of a game for me. So yeah. um, that one I, I wouldn't put on the list. I can't even remember what it's called, but it's a famous one. Um, hmm. But it was just you just telling a story and you have a character and you tell a story with other people. Um, oh. That was a few years ago. Good times. Um, but yeah. Um, Whatever you're playing, no matter what the RPG on your tabletop, just go whole whole hog. That's what I say. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Ooh, we were playing. This isn't tech. Like this isn't 
technically a tabletop RPG, but it's it's like game. It's a cross between a board game and an RPG. King's Dilemma. Oh, yeah, we yes. had a great time playing King's Dilemma. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a good cross. Yes. It's a legacy game. It's a legacy game, um, and you're playing advisors to this king. Yep. Actually, it's a succession of kings because it's a different one yes. each time you play. Is that the idea? Is that your each session is like the reign of one king, right? And your advisors from different um, areas in this kingdom. Yes. And it's it was very fun. And there's like different dilemmas that come up that you're all trying to like negotiate. And, and of solve. course, you need to have the personality of your yes. assigned house. And you all have personal <laughs> goals that are also driving you. Yeah. Um. It was very fun. Good option. King's dilemma. Yeah, King's dilemma. Great game. I saw it at the game store the other day. Go so. whole hog. Yeah. Go whole hog. Um, Anthony says, cube players want to know if each of you were to design your own cubes, what themes, archetypes, or individual cards would you design around and want to shine? I would definitely have an Enchantment Matters theme. Hello. Of course you would. Because as a Boggles player, I love enchantments. It's Mm -hmm. not just about it being hexproof, everybody. Okay? It's not just about it being a little cute little Mm 1-1. It's about the enchantments you put on. I love enchantments. I love Enchantress, which is why I'm so excited about MH2 being able to draft or build an Enchantress deck. So Oh, yeah, enchantments would be a, for sure a sub theme that I would include in my cube. Mm-hmm. Hondo percent. And also artifacts. I think that's really cool. I think mine would be alternate win conditions. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. So, like, having... I um, love me a good alternate win condition. Happily ever after. Yes. Like, even Hedron, though... What was it? Hedron archive or... No. Where you had to have four of that yes, Hedron card? It was, like, Hedron... Yeah, Hedron something. something. Or other, yeah. Um, like the Jace wielder of mystery. Yes. Thassa's Oracle. That would be my cube. It's just like, you're not allowed to win via damage <gasps> for, for any color combination. Nope. You are only exclusively Great. allowed to win via some kind of alternate win condition. Oh, that's a cool idea. Yes. Okay. I love it. Um, you have no life total. Exactly. Only alternate yeah, win you condition. have no life total. Players have no life total, <laughs> except that there are some that care about life totals. Okay. Um, so like there's like Felidar Sovereign. Sure. Remember sure. was one that if you had like you above some amount of life. from having zero life. Exactly, what about yeah. that? So even if you get attacked down to zero, you're not dead. Your Unless opponent's got to win some other way. It's, a, it's part of this thing. Yeah. I don't know how to put it more eloquently than that. Unless it's part of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Muggy asked, what is the best sandwich? <sighs> Great question. A BLT. <sighs> Although, do you know what? I've recently been getting a chicken salad sandwich. Um, from a place yeah. where our friend works, and it's very good. I'm a chicken salad fan. I eat it with crackers. Yeah, love a chicken salad sandwich, turns out. Gosh, okay. The but bread's also, I love a BLT. Gotta oh. be toasted. Yeah. Toast that bread. Ooh, okay. Put some raw onion on it. I'm a raw onion monster. No. And then some meat, and then the oldest cheese you have. <laughs> I don't care. There you go. That's Maria's best sandwich. Unless she's having peanut butter and cheese, which I've been known to eat. I mean this very nicely, but the sandwich that you just described... <laughs> Does not sound appetizing <laughs> to me. <laughs> what do you all. mean? Raw onion meat and very old cheese? That just is like... <laughs> mayonnaise? Uh, okay. You can put a little on. You can't have a dry sandwich. I eat a dry sandwich all the time. The driest. <laughs> <laughs> My floor is nothing but crumbs. I really cannot handle that. I cannot eat a dry sandwich. <laughs> It's not. I wish the name of this podcast was Dry Sandwich. Dry Sandwich. Squirrel Loot asks, the best meal you've had after a GP? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Squirrel. Your flowers and your tail are looking beautiful today, by the way. Um, we, you know, we're 
we love to go out for a good meal after GP. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but the best one, there's a few that like hmm. spring to mind. Um, yeah, you're gonna have to go for it because I feel like I'm always too tired to remember anything that I've eaten. I'm right now. I can't remember a single meal that I've ever had after a GP right now. Do you remember the vegan restaurant we went to? Yes. In, in Denver. In Denver. Okay. That place was very yeah. good. So we went with Craig Wesco. Famous vegan. Famous vegan. And mono white player. And he was like, yeah, let's check this out. And I was kind of like, ugh, I don't know. All right. Yeah. Because I'm a big carnivore. But anyway, the, what I had was so delightful. It was so good. It that's was really also good. where I first had like buffalo cauliflower. Oh, yeah, like, that's you know, right. Quote unquote wings. Yep. So good. Really Not good. one of my favorite things. Yeah, change your life. I love buffalo Changed cauliflower. Change your life. Wings. Yeah, I would say some other places, but they've all been closed down for the pandemic <laughs> because of yeah. or other reasons. Yeah, I love to go out to fancy steak restaurants. That's yeah, my that's favorite thing. Yeah, that's your big one. Um, and order the fancy drink. That's just like one of the things I love to do. But um, the places that I remember that we've done that at are real closed. Yeah. Oh, man, this wasn't I don't remember where we went. It was just like at the end of the day, like some like upscale chain restaurant. But yeah. I was at GP Charlotte, I want to say, which is the one where Walter broke and was not pairing people with the same record. Oh, that's right. And so the right. tournament was delayed for hours, hours and then people were not playing players with the same record because they could not figure out what to do. Oh, and right. at some point, me and one of the other people who were just on the coverage part of that were just like, because there wasn't video coverage, it was just the text people there. We were like, we're going to go have nice dinner. Great. And so we just left and had like shrimp and steak and drinks. Fabulous. <laughs> and it was just like, okay. Because it was a very stressful day. Yeah. I mean, you get used to places that you've been at GPs. Like, I recall um, getting bow at the same place a couple of times. (gasps) Yes. Oh, man. Do you remember the bow that we had in Barcelona? Yes. Oh, that bow was very good. Which you're like... Strange place to say that you got great bow, but that, but that bow was, was true. Really good. And also, okay, th- we've answered this question for five years, but there is an arcade in Columbus, was it? Arcade bar? Yes, in Columbus, Ohio. In Columbus, Ohio, where we got little mini pizzas. And let me tell you, those pepperonis were curled up. Okay, you know what yeah. I'm talking about, pepperoni lovers. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, that place was good. <laughs> um, oh, man. And then I, oh, the ramen place, uh, the Long Beach ramen place. Oh, my God, of course the right answer long beach ramen place well because it's not ever been a gp nori ramen yeah very good if you don't go there so good and you live there please it is worth honestly how far would you drive to go to hero nori ramen an hour i would drive three hours that's a lot i would honestly it might even be more that's how much i love that place okay final answer hero nori ramen in long beach all right good there you go good stuff we got there (laughs) Okay, we've got Treyburn asks, if GLHF was in charge of of defining what the GP command fest scene looked like as it returns, what would you organize? Now, we talked about this a little bit on the show already. Um, Megan had some good thoughts about it, making it more based around where the side events became the main event and the main event became the side events. And I think that honestly might be what they end up doing Mm -hmm. um, moving forward with um, kind of what they've already said about their vision for, you know, organized play. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, that would be kind of my idea is that, like, 
as opposed to you going there to like play a GP, there's not just like one big competitive main event. Yeah, yeah. It's like a whole bunch of just side stuff of just like, oh, do you want to try and qualify for whatever the pro, you know, the pro tour slash players tour thing gets comes back at as and is called. Like you can play in qualifiers for those. So it's not just like one big tournament where you're trying to just top eight. Um, you can play a bunch of different kinds of side events. Yeah. It's just kind of like a big, a bigger party experience where you can play competitively. And if you want to play competitively, it's not just one option of you've got to be in the GP and then it's going to fire and you do how you do. You know, I would like to add on to it for the party atmosphere and, you yeah. know, selfishly <laughs> that I would love there to be a nice presence for people to for content creators to do their thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like so a nice area for people to record live podcasts live mm-hmm. YouTube videos with an audience which is really fun um, they've done that at GP Vegas a couple of times mm-hmm. and I thought it was just a really cool experience and then they had people like at a panel playing D&D they had a cosplay panel I believe um, more experiences that are varied outside of just playing the game but other ways to interact with it and I think having content creators do their thing for you mm-hmm. I think would be really really cool um, yeah. so anyway for that's, sure. that's what I say agree uh, Roman Goro asks, what's the furthest you've gone on each cardinal direction, <laughs> north, east, south, and west? Oh, wow. Um, north, I would say Thunder Bay, Canada. Well, you've been to Russia. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's true. Yeah, never mind. It's definitely St. Petersburg yeah. is the farthest north that I've been. Otherwise, yes, that's true for me. Thunder Bay. Yeah. Um, south? Uh, I don't know. I think Baja, California? Yeah, that's kind of... Hard to say. I would have to look up. I have to pull up a world map and see, like, um. So where does East like, start and West stop? That's my question. I would say from <laughs> I would say from here. Like, what's the farthest that you've gone west before you could have gotten there shorter by going east? <laughs> okay, J- like that's what it Japan, is. Japan, uh, of yeah. course, is going east. Uh, yeah. I mean, going west. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Japan is the farthest I've been anywhere. Um, going the other way, I actually haven't gone too far into Europe. I've only ever been to France. That's the most I've gone into Europe. Okay. So that's not very far, but yeah. I guess mine would again have to be like, I think West for me is Hawaii for yep. sure. Um, I would have to double check. I've pr- I've been to Alaska, but oh wait, maybe Alaska is the farthest north far. that I've been. Cause I've been to Homer, Alaska. Yeah. So, wow, I had completely forgotten about that, but it, the sun did not set even at 2 wow. in the morning when I was there. Wow, yeah, um, for sure. Which was very cool. So I guess Homer, Alaska is my north. Um, I guess probably just like I've been to Mexico City. Oh, so yeah. So that's yeah. probably south for me. Um, and then over west Hawaii yep. and over east would then be Moscow and St. Petersburg. I wish I had been to Antarctica because it seems pretty cool. One of my friends got there on a ship where you had to like be a worker on the ship to get there. Like you had to clean the poop deck or whatever. Wow. Um, And then when he got there, he said all the penguins sprayed their poop and it was just disgusting. (laughs) Sounds right. You know, like you think penguins are cute and they are, but they, oh, they'll spray you. Oh, they'll spray you with their poopers. Wow. Antarctica. Come visit. (laughs) Penguins. Uh, 
Um, Cryptic Kablam asks, Megan, are you Brink yet? What does that mean? Thank you so much for this question. What does that mean? Um, it is a reference to a Disney Channel original movie <laughs> called Brink, which is about a kid who's like a very good trick rollerblader. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about like the alt life, but then because his family is in financial trouble, he has to like. Oh my god! He has to sign with like this team of like guys who are really uh, just you know like yeah. guys who are just really cool and <laughs> you know jerks. Um, and anyways, do you know what? I'm trying very hard. Not Great. at all of that skill level yet. Can't even go over a bump without worrying that I'm gonna fall on my face. Um, but do you know what? Just thank you for the Brink reference. Every day closer. If you're wondering, Megan, when's the last time that you watched Brink? Because you could describe that very well. The answer is in the last year. There you go, everybody. (laughs) Are you Brink yet? Keep stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. Legacy R asks, maybe there has been an origin story said before, but how did you two awesome folks come to know and work with each other? Yeah, we've told the story in a number of different places, but you know, why not tell it again? It's a great story. Mm Mm-hmm. As Megan takes a bite of this delicious luce pizza, mm-hmm. cannot recommend it enough, by the way, I will, I will begin. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, we met each other at an improv group here in the Twin Cities called Comedy Sports, which is really, really cool. Short form mm-hmm. improv game based. It's kind of like Whose Line Is It Anyway, if you've ever seen that show. And yeah, we had a game night and we just were playing games. And one day we learned magic together. Yeah. As one of those games. It was a good time. And I think, I don't know whoever said it, but I have all the podcasting gear. Um, I love podcasts so much. I can't believe it wasn't me, but somebody said, why don't we do a podcast? I think I said, why don't we do it? Like in my memory, I said it, but who knows? Who knows? Um, Do you know what? Okay. This just has to do with memory. Yeah. Did you know that when you remember something, your brain is only remembering the last time you remembered it? Yes. And not the event itself. So weird. Isn't that wild it's so I'm wild. sorry that I said the f word but <laughs> well, like I have to write uh, it down I know I'm sorry it was just like too much for me to not say it's so wild honestly Isn't that wild yeah brains are in brains are incomprehensible like oh that's just it just it blows my mind every time I think about it okay yeah. sorry yeah but yes but anyway somebody said let's do a podcast so we yeah. did because I have all gear because before my life in podcasting I was I worked in television, but before my life in television, I worked in radio and growing up through college, I thought I was going to be a radio producer. So radio was my first love. And I worked for, um, national public radio for a brief time and I had all the stuff. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go. And at that time, I remember there's a website where you had over the magic podcast lived. Yeah. And that's, I don't even remember the name it was of called it now. MTG cast, I believe. I believe. I don't know. Anyway, who Anyways, knows? Yeah. All the magic podcasts were there. And that's where I found limited resources. Oh. And that's where I would listen to limited resources. You all remember these oh, days? Like that yeah. they were all in one place. And there I was like, you can that. count how many there were on two hands. Yeah. There were not a lot. And I remember the first time ours popped up on there, I was like, wow, we're on the same website as limited resources. Oh, <laughs> cute. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then we just we just started doing them. They weren't even weekly at the beginning, as far no. as I can remember. I think they were pretty regular, though. They were pretty regular. We tried from the start to be on a schedule, which I think was really good for us. Yeah. Because then people knew when they could expect us. Um, and my gosh, yeah, we, that's been nine years. Yeah. 
which wow. is just unreal. 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 But what a what a great way to have a dream of working yeah. in radio and then be like, wait, I can work in radio, but as my own but boss. For your own boss. Yeah. For your own boss. Way better than Clear Channel, let me tell you that. Woof. Yeah, big time. Big woof. Um, Teeter Dance asks, <laughs> no. what is a hidden gem restaurant in the Twin Cities? Teeter Dance, how could you ask me this question? Maria's heart is broken yeah. because her favorite restaurant is no more. My favorite restaurant was Birch Steakhouse. It yeah. was incredible. Best steakhouse I've ever been to. I did, had to close during the pandemic, unfortunately. But I will give you a different answer. I hope they're still open, Yeah, which is Volstad's. Oh, yeah. So uh, Volstead's is a a little speakeasy that you can find down an alley in Uptown. Yeah. And they have very strong slash good cocktails and a nice little like, um, it's not a restaurant, you know, the atmosphere is great and you can order little snacks and that kind of thing. So I hope they're still around because they were a great experience. Um, my answer, well, I have a couple. Okay. Um, one is Himalayan restaurant. Oh yeah. I love Himalayan restaurant. It's so good. I think that it is better than some of the more widely known and more expensive Indian restaurants. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's like, it's like Nepalese and Indian and Tibetan food and it's very good. Great. Um, and it's just called Himalayan restaurant. Yep. And they're. Yeah, they're great. It's Check so them good. out for sure. There's this one that's like fried okra and potato curry dish. Oh, my goodness. Yes. It's very, very good. Yes. Um, so that's that's probably my pick. I don't think enough people I second that. eat at Himalayan restaurant. I second it. Yeah. Our newest one, though, in addition to this pizza being great, though, is Rectangle, mm-hmm. which I have been telling everybody about, which is Detroit-style pizza, which is like a pan pizza. It's like pressed into a pan, mm-hmm. and it's in a rectangle, and it is very good. Rectangle um, with a W. Yes. P.S. <laughs> um, this person asks... Yeah. <laughs> Asks, how do you measure your progress and growth as a Magic player? 7-0 draft runs are nice. So is winning constructed tournaments, but it realistically isn't going to happen every time. So what benchmarks do you use to determine if you're becoming a better player? Oh, great question. Yeah. So we haven't played in any big tournaments for a while. So it's kind of hard to say, you know, we've just been running it back, throwing throwing our gems at drafts on Arena or whatever, or Mm -hmm. playing in the, you know, like um, Arena Opens, that kind of thing. Which is a different experience than a Grand Prix. I would say that for me personally, like that's how I would end up measuring myself is going to a tournament that is Grand Prix or Grand Prix like mm-hmm. again, something akin to like when we when we had the big PTQs that where everybody came together. That's mm-hmm. when I would say this is where I'm putting it on the measuring stick because sometimes in drafts, let's get real. I'm not paying the closest attention. I'm kind of being silly. I'm doing fun things. I'm doing it as a way to de-stress. Or you just want to like try something new. Try something new yeah. and different. I'm not like sitting them down and saying, I'm going to win everything yeah. and make optimal decision every time. That's just not how we do it. Other people do it that way. I don't. So I'm not going to measure myself by those. So yeah, it would have to be a big t- competitive tournament. And in that case, I would say, did I make a good deck selection? Or if I didn't, am I aware that I'm making suboptimal <laughs> choice because I don't always play the best deck? Yeah. But then as I go through the tournament, thinking to myself, like, hopefully I've prepared, hopefully I've tested and I know the matchups going in. I know how to sideboard, etc. that I say to myself, how many mistakes did I make that I didn't have to make? Like, or how many times did I have an opportunity to make a good play? And I did it. And yeah. I was very, I felt smart and good about it. That's how I would measure myself. But it's been yeah. so long that I can't really say, honestly. 
I would say that same second one, though, that is something that I experience even in just everyday play. Sure. On Arena is I would say, like, look for the moments where you're like, hey, I just made a decision here that was not necessarily intuitive to me. Yeah. And I recognize it and it feels different. Like, oh, I made a yes. good decision in this spot. Yes. Um, or I made a I made a decision that's a correction of a mistake that I made in a different scenario. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, and I also think that, like, if you want to, there's also tons of different kinds of tracking tools out there. Um, there's different, like, people that have made different spreadsheets. 17 or Lands. 17 Lands, um, which is a website where you can go and you can just track your data. Right, exactly. If you Straight want to up. know, yeah. So you're like, you're right. One draft is an outlier. Yeah. But if you go in there and you log every single draft or every single um, time that you play, then that's going to give you some actual concrete data over time that will tell you, hey, is my win percentage going up? Like, if it is, awesome. I am making progress. Or if it's not, hey, can I identify some stuff that's keeping me from doing this? And how do you feel after you've played? Like, yeah. do I feel c confident that I was playing to the best of my ability? Or am I like, yeah, I could have been better? Yeah. That's kind of like a weird you know, woo-woo way that I think about it um, coming out of, out of a tournament or something. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Unks asks, I recently adopted a pet rabbit. Do you think I can teach it to play magic? Yes. Any advice for teaching a bunny to play with more discipline and not just to tap out every turn? Yes, they always do. Yes. Yeah, exactly. There's just nothing to be done about it. No. That's a rabbit's play style. A rabbit wants to tap out and smash face. Sorry, Dr. Unks. That's just That's the way, the it, way works. it goes. Uh, we've got M. Smith asking, just wondering how old-timey newscaster is. I haven't heard from her in a little... I'm a little worried. <laughs> Do you know what? Old don't worry about it. Um, old-timey newscaster is having, like, a very nice time in the mountains, having an old-timey vacation. Oh, that's great. And, you great. know, it takes a while. When you're old-timey, it takes a while to get to and from your vacation. That's true. It's just, like, some covered wagons. Yeah, you just got a covered wagon your way back. Exactly. <laughs> so, don't worry. She'll be back. She's still abreast of all... Of the old-timey news. <laughs> wow. It's like since we started doing the upkeep, we haven't heard from old-timey newscasters. I know. We haven't had to. Oh, well. But you know what? Don't worry. She's enjoying her vacation, and I'm okay. sure she'll be back at some yeah, point. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> uh, Purple Panda 13 asks, anything pandemic-related that you're going to miss as life, quote, returns to normal? Ooh. Do you want to start? Well, like, think about this. Like, here we are, and now we're at the point. Like, mm -hmm. we're in this question right now. And I think for a lot of people, they're experiencing social anxiety going back to hanging out with groups and stuff because it just mm -hmm. feels foreign at this point, and we've gotten more used to spending time with ourselves. Let me give you this fun little fact about me as a way to answer this question. <laughs> if I was ever at my house alone mm -hmm. for more than three hours... I became pretty massively depressed. My energy level went through the floor. I was like, I'm just a little slug. Look at me creep. Because of my extreme extroversion. So something the pandemic taught me was being able to handle that and being happy in that space. I've talked about it on this show before, but being able to become happy being by myself in a solo environment with nothing else happening was huge for me personally, because you should just be able to have that skill, I think. Um, without descending into madness or whatever. Um, so there's that. Uh, I think it was great for meetings and like getting to know, like uh, having phone calls with your family more often on Zoom, playing board games over Zoom, I think was a great addition. 
these things I think will still continue. So will I miss yeah. them? No, because I think they're still going to be around. Great tools yeah. for us to use that we didn't have before. Also, more specifically, I know you're not a handshake fan, so oh yes, those handshakes can go away forever. Get out of here! I'm so I don't. I'm no offense if you ever try and handshake me in the future, and I just wave at you because I just don't want to do it. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was gross before the pandemic, and it's gross now. Fair enough. Science, look it up. Um, I would say I'm definitely still one of the people who's has the answer of like I don't know how much I'm coming back from this. That's another point. Yeah, of just like I, um, I am. I'm like, I think right on the border between introvert and extrovert, but I'm definitely on the side of introvert. And it was not tough for me to spend that much time at home by myself. Um, I very enjoy it. It's very like, um, it's very relaxing to me in a way that nothing else is just being able to like sit in a, in a cozy chair and read a book. Love it. I'm so happy. Um, so I feel like for me, it's that, that feeling of like, I need to, like, it was so easy to say no to social things because there weren't any social things that you had to say yeah, yes to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just trying to figure out how to say no to stuff because I like being at home by myself quite a bit. Yeah. And it's okay to do that. And it's fine. If you want to do yeah. that, that's what you want to do. Period. Exactly. And maybe people will be more accepting of that now. Yeah. Than they were. And I feel like we have so many, we have so many performer friends that like all through the pandemic were kind of like this, like, oh my goodness, I feel like the drive to perform or like, who am I without performing? Yeah. Didn't happen. (laughs) Didn't happen. And so now I'm kind of like, do I need to go back to that? I mean, that's a question people are asking themselves in all kinds of life with hobbies like that, I think. Do you have to go? Do I need to go back to it? Do I feel compelled? Do I think it will make me happy? Important questions. Yeah. I just don't know. Pandemic. Bringing up important things since 2020. Uh, Dr. Jason asks, what is the best, cutest real life squirrel? What do you mean? I'll let you feel this. The world, what do you mean real life? Like the ones in my backyard? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The fattest is the answer. The fattest squirrel is the cutest squirrel. Great answer. Thank you. Ooh, Bethany asks, what's your go-to ice cream flavor? Great question, Bethany. Oh, man. Oreo. Yeah. You're a big Oreo fan. Oreo all day. I like, ooh, man. I like so there's one at a place called Sebastian Joe's, which yep. is an ice cream shop here in town. That's like raspberry chocolate chip. Ooh. Love raspberry chocolate chip. Wait, once at a JP, I got cinnamon Oreo ice cream. That's right. And it was the greatest ice cream of my life. There you go. Cinnamon Oreo. Cinnamon and vanilla ice cream plus yep. Oreos in there. Make it. Yes. Do you have an ice cream maker? Make it immediately. I'm a chocolate ice cream person. Like it needs to have chocolate chips, be chocolate ice cream, or have hot fudge on it. What if it had all three? I would be ecstatic. (laughs) And there would, right? Most people would be like, that's too much chocolate. You cannot be doing that. I'd be like, no, throw some brownie chunks in it. And we are like on a roll. All right. Love cookie dough. I'm in it really for like this. If I'm eating ice cream as my dessert, it's because I'm in it for like maximum sweet overload you have the same character trait as troy on next generation <laughs> which was <laughs> i like chocolate yeah they could have gone deeper with her character let's get real uh <laughs> sorry i really do though <laughs> the thing is is that i really do <laughs> as a kid i once uh, thought that it would be a good idea to try chocolate syrup on pumpkin pie <laughs> oh my god it's not good <laughs> but that's how much i like chocolate if a card is okay, okay. Trey asks if there is a card for your mood right now. Which is it? Wow. Ooh. Hmm. Wow. Right now. Right now. 
That is the question. Right this very instant. Hmm. What card? Maybe Hungry Spriggan because I'm eating this pizza. Yeah, I am hungry. Hungry Spriggan. That's a good one. And pretty cute. Mine would be Untamed Kavu. (laughs) It's just like, it looks like it's just going like, that's me. Untamed Kavu. Pretty cute. Uh, Alex says, do you remember your first deck and has your play style evolved over time? Maria, you have an iconic first deck, which everybody remembers. Yeah, Boggles. Yeah. Number one, it was my first constructed deck. I was thinking draft deck. Oh, yes. My Rakdos deck. Absolutely. That was my first deck, period, in any format. And of course, that was my play style. It made me love aggressive decks. I'm still better at playing aggressive than any other way of playing magic. (laughs) It's just like in my bones. I love doing it. I'm an impatient person. So like, let me smash your face, please. And has my play style evolved over time? For sure. Like now I'm able to play more. I like tempo decks a whole lot now. I still don't like control decks and I don't think I ever will. But that's just like how I came out of the womb. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, but I'll never forget that deck. I still have it. I started as a creatures person. Yes. I was Celestia. Yeah. Um, the first deck that I drafted was Celestia. Yeah. Liked, you know, it was a good time. Populate, fun mechanic. Had a good time Great. doing it. But then, and then I w- like played mono blue, which was actually yes. not a control. It was an aggro deck. Yep. Um, but then eventually I did, you know, move on into being a control player where I have lived happily since. Sometimes <laughs> dabbling into combo. I do love me a good combo. I'm just imagining your control house, you know, yeah. where you've lived happily since. It's exactly. like all, it's like windows it on over a waterfall. Windows, yeah. Very modern design. It's great. <laughs> also, the other day when I was out at the beach, I walked by a house that I must have walked by before because it's a beach that I go to a lot. And I was like, it's my dream house. And I never saw it until right now. <gasps> what it was, was really it? cool. It had like the front of it came out in like a semicircle. Wow. Um, and they, it was just windows all around. Great. And then the top half was like stuck out a little more than the bottom half. So it looked a little bit like kind of like an elaborate birdhouse almost. Were there like lots of plants in the bottom part? Obviously tons. There were Great. plants all over the place. I love it. It was a really pretty house. And I was like, that's all I want is to live in a turret of win- with windows all over. <laughs> I think that'd be great. I think it would be a really tree tower. nice. Um, anyways, Michael says, as we, are re- as we start returning to normal, I would love to see more road episodes with guest stars. They were some of my favorite episodes Aww. right before Pro Tours. When do you think you will be returning to the road? Gosh, Michael. I think it might be a solid year. Yeah, we don't know. At least. I wish I could tell you. I know. I think that there's the problem they said in their article when they were talking about the future of pro play, about how they're focusing more local. Yeah. First, um, because, you know, like international travel is a very big question mark still. Yeah. And until it can be reliable, because there are great players all over the world, you just can't have them in person. Yeah, it's really complicated, especially in this game. We... Miss our friends, though. Oh, yeah, big time. As soon as we can be out there seeing our friends, we will. Uh, We've got a question. What do I do now that I quit playing Magic because of COVID? (laughs) Start it on up again. Start it up again. Start it up again. Boom. (laughs) Great times. Um, Eddie asks, which old sets that you never got to play would you like to see remastered? I love to say the answer um, is Shadowmoor. That's right. You love Shadowmoor. Because it's like based in Welsh mythology, and it's got some cool mechanics and stuff in it. Ooh, yeah. That's a great answer. Yeah. You know what? I feel like we've been to a lot of the places that I would like to go to. Yeah. Once we hit Dominaria, you yeah. know, that was like the main one. Yeah, exactly. Like Dominaria, tops. Great. Tops. Great time. I guess like we never got to play in the original Phyrexia. No. And so I would kind of love to have them remaster Phyrexia. I think that they maybe wouldn't for a lot of reasons because there's some 
Phyrexian, seems like Phyrexians are happening. Phyre- yeah, one, they're happening. Two, Phyrexian mana is a broken mechanic, so I yes. don't know that they want to yeah, that's remaster true. that's that true. into the game and make different versions of cards that might be more broken. Um, so I think that that is unlikely, but I think it would be really cool to go back and play with Phyrexians the yeah, first time around. Yeah, that's a great point. Great point. Uh, we've got a question here. What if Planeswalkers had theme songs or walk, like walk baseball walk-on music whenever they Planeswalk? What theme song would your favorite Planeswalker have? <laughs> I'm ready for this. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Nahiri, as many know. Yeah. And it's um, the chicks not ready to make nice. <laughs> Man, I just listened to a great episode about the Dixie Chicks and the controversy on You're Wrong About. It was excellent. Oh, man. Like, it's... It's it's wild. It's wild what happened. Especially when, obviously, like, right-wing pundits are like, cancellation is happening. It's like, no no one more more unjustly or more it's, thoroughly was ever canceled than the Chicks, I don't think. absolutely. They were, they were, like like n- obliterated from the face of the earth for a decade. And by the way, like what it was an offhand comment at a concert in London, by the way. Yes. And it wasn't even bad. And it was just like, they were hey, right about it. They're like, we're anti-war just so you know. That was like, it. Yes. That was it. And do you know what? They came back around like now. Now most people are like, you're like, that war was a terrible idea. Yeah. Oh, wait, that was horrible. That was huh. a terrible they idea. Were we so got smart. ourselves into like a very bad quagmire. <laughs> yes. Quagmire. Um, anyways. NPS. They also have an episode on cancel culture, which is really Ooh. interesting too. Yeah. Turns out most things aren't canceled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you should they just are use not the even word. actually canceled the way that the chicks were, were actually canceled. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Do you anyway, have an answer? Uh, my favorite planeswalker is Soren, um, which is just very funny. Wow. But like, <laughs> wow. I don't mean uh, personality. I mean the playing know, the card in my vampire like deck. Um, his theme song would be, <laughs> I don't know, something to do with blood. <laughs> All right. Uh, maybe, uh, how about this? How about lick it up? <laughs> By Kiss. <laughs> okay. He could listen to a Vampire Weekend song. Oh, that's cute. I like that. Uh, Johnny asks, have draft booster boxes, collector packs, and other names for booster boxes confused you? <laughs> and have the rising prices affected magic for you? One, yes. Well, yeah. I actually honestly cannot tell you the difference between different types of boosters. I should be able to, but I do not have the willpower to commit it to memory. I can tell you the difference, but okay. I do like the collector ones because I like the chance of just opening yeah. i don't That's often fair. open packs for fun but when i do i hope they have lots of shiny cards which is yeah. exactly what th- that will give me and so. that's what they're for yes and i will say that no on the second question but that's because i'm we're just good at budget magic for the most part of just like figuring out a way to play it in the amount yeah. of money that you have like i'm not playing legacy up in here exactly you know what i mean for me that means i put 50 dollars into arena when a new set comes out mm-hmm. and that is it and i have like I can make the game fun for me and continue playing within that financial constraint for myself. Yes. So um, I totally get that there are people out there who are just like the price of this game affects the way that I am able to play it and I can't play it the way that I want to, which is a bummer. But I feel like if you um, if you look around, you can find great ways to play that fit your budget if that needs to be your primary concern. Yeah, I agree. Uh, which guild represents you, not just in playstyle, but in personality and ideas? I feel like this is nice where the schools came in. Absolutely. Because 
I feel like you identify with Prismari more than you ever did with a guild. A hundred percent. Like yes. Rakdos, sure, that's my playstyle. I like being aggressive. Yeah. But am I a Rakdos person? Absolutely not. Yeah, you're not like a you're not a spooky death carnival. <laughs> no. I like there's like Sado Masochist. Like, no, I'm not a spooky death carnival. Yeah. I'm so I'm an an energy performer. That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. Um yeah, so Prismari, a hundred percent. I would say for me, gosh, it's kind of difficult. Well, you know, gosh, yeah, because you're not very—you're not really an Azorius person. I'm not an Azorius person because they're very law and order, and that's not my jam. No, Um, I would say maybe honestly, I'm most like Celestia. Yeah, which is very—I'm very much just like let's cultivate growth. and community. I'm very growth and community. So like like, you lived in a community house. I did live in a co-op. It was great. I loved every minute of it. Very Celestia thing. Except for the weekly meetings where you only (laughs) we only made changes in the house based on consensus, which means everyone had to agree. And there were times when we spent like three months deciding what color to paint the living room and you wanted to murder someone. Wow, that is intense. But you know what? It was still a great time. Other than that. Yeah. (laughs) This is a very funny question. Yes, I love this question. What's the most cottagecore card you can think of? I mean, I think Gnarled Pack is pretty (laughs) cottagecore. Okay, they're just out there like having a chill time in the woods. <laughs> what do you think about this card? The little little red riding hood card. Ooh, yeah, that's a great oh, one. Oh, wait, the, the three bears. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Oh, that's very cottagecore. Yes, she's 100% cottagecore. I love cottagecore, by the way. <laughs> Delightful phenomenon. Very strange. Great name. Give me all the dresses. I'll yes, wear them. Exactly. I've worn two on the show before. <laughs> um. Pixel asks, which MTG set would you like to erase from your memory so you could experience drafting <laughs> oh, it for the first time again? Dominaria. Same answer. Yeah. Like, that's the one that comes to mind. I'm just like, what a blast. It was so fun. And it was such a new experience yes. because we had never played Magic back then. Yeah. So it was just fantastic. It was so cool. I loved it. Yeah. Great time. Which Planeswalker would you like to go bowling with? <laughs> this is so specific. Yeah. I um, feel like... Who would be fun to go bowling with? Gosh, this is tough. Because it's like, who would you like to hang out with? That's a different question than mm-hmm. who do you want to go bowling with? It's a little more specific. Uh, I usually say I wanted to hang out with Ajani just because I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but <sighs> I guess I'm going to go ahead and say Soren here because bowling with a vampire I think would be really weird. And I just bowling with a vampire sounds experience like a band it. name. <laughs> that's the music he would listen to. This bowling, with, bowling a with a vampire. It's his band. Wow, I'm trying to think. Um, hmm. Because if you like said somebody like Tamio, you'd be like, okay, but she'd just be she reading would, a book she, the whole time. I feel like she would be annoying. Like, I like Tamio. Maybe Sahili. I feel like she would have some cool bowling Sahili's, moves. Sahili's just cool. Yeah. Yeah, she would artifice somehow. <laughs> her bowling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good answer. Uh, <laughs> MTG plays us. What would your ideal squirrel in MH two be? Well, it's printed. It's called Squirrel Sovereign. It's the cutest card I've ever seen. Well, thank right. you. Congratulations. That's a question for you. I feel like that's not for me. That's not in my. <laughs> but it would also house. probably have some kind of enchantment sub theme, which oh. the squirrels don't. They just care about many. An enchantment squirrel. An enchantment squirrel. There we go with bestow. Um, Red Lenota asks, what's the best way for a noob to learn how new sets operate so they can jump into the game? Great question. Great question. Honestly, 
Just get in there, find some very casual ways to play it. Yeah. No better way than to do it. So there's so much media out there that you can consume if you're like, I just feel at sea when I see this new set. Mm -hmm. Um, So Daily MTG generally prints an article that tells you about the different color pairs and what mechanics symbolize those color pairs. Limited Resources always does a set review that talks about, oh, this is what these two colors want to do. We talk about it on this show every time a new set comes out. There's so much available on the internet if you don't want to go in blind, but honestly, Megan's right. Just start playing it. You might have to play it a couple of times before you get your feet under you. That's okay. That's like learning anything new. You're going to feel a little jumbled, but then it'll make sense. Exactly. Yeah. So just, I think, yeah, honestly, just try it. Watch streamers. Yeah. Watch streamers try it and then just be like, all right, let's jump in and try it myself. Yep. Um... Daniel asks, will we get more attention to the, quote, silent majority now that the PT has been downgraded? Example, the all-creature set Legion. Daniel, I'm going to confess to you that I only put this in here so that I could scorch the entire magic community by saying no part of it has ever been silent. Yeah, uh, that's very, very true. There is no silent majority in magic. Every part of it yells. Yeah. Yeah, that is very, very, that's very true. And also silent majority yeah. is such a terrible term. Like, I know. Let's not use it. I don't, I, exactly. It has some very, very bad difficult history. connotations. Yes. Yeah. So, like, um, no. Um, I, that being said. I would love to see an like, all-creature set. Like, cool. Yeah. Do you mean that, like, will casual players get more attention? I would argue that, like, or I would say that, um competitive players have said for a long time that they feel like casual players get more attention. Yeah, but now I think we can probably say pretty surely that they're going to focus more on casual players. That absolutely seems like it. And that's what I assume you mean when you say this phrase. Um, Which actually, like, as much as I tease, our listeners are great. That's very true. Um, You all are great. We're the best listeners. Don't yell. We're the best listeners. Yeah, thank you everybody for these wonderful questions. Great questions. And hanging out with us, having some pizza. Yes. I hope you're eating pizza and drinking claws along with us. Please do. Um, we'll do more AMAs in the future. If your question didn't get um, a chance to ask it, we'll do it again in the future. Yeah. I like how I said that. Like your question exists in the ether and it didn't get a chance to come through your fingers under your keyboard to be yeah. asked. <laughs> it exists out there. But yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. Great cues. Hey, everybody, before we go, we're going to say thank you to Ultra Pro. That's right. Thank you so much to our amazing sponsor, Ultra Pro, who, among all of the other wonderful stuff that they do, makes just like the coolest play mats that you can yes. use. Multiple people this past weekend over Spell Table were like, where did you get your play mat? And we're like, um, Ultra it Pro. Was, yeah, it was the mystical Harmonize. Archive. Yes, it was Mystical Archive Harmonize. And I was like, they were the people who did it. Yes. Same, um, same thing. I was using my opt one. Yep. They are there for you when you need anything to like celebrate your favorite magic art. 100%. Ultra Pro is the place to go. They've got their new deck box that plays yes. music. We talked about in the show last Wild. week. Excellent art, sleeves, deck boxes, binders, whatever you need. Protect your cards. Celebrate your art. Just have a great time. That's a great saying for magic. Yeah. (laughs) Well, everybody, that's this episode of Good Luck High Five. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, having some food and drinks, and asking some questions. Having a real good time. If you want to support the show, check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com slash GLHF Magic. Come play in our tournament this weekend. Just give some money to the creators that you love to help them continue creating because without you, it just doesn't function. You're like it's the little true. brick in the in the what's this game called? The Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I 
Jenga. Yeah, I Jenga. know. But like you said, the little brick, and I oh, thought you were you gonna say the, the little mermaid. mermaid. You're yeah. like the little mermaid. You, <laughs> you, you sing, sing beautiful. You sing and you like forks, and we're the fish. Megan is very warm right now. I'm so it's warm hot in the studio. I'm so warm. You're the Jenga block that keeps us from tumbling yes. over. Is what we're trying to say. Exactly. So thank you, and please consider donating if you haven't already. Thank you as well to Card Kingdom and Ultra Pro for being our amazing sponsors. And um, let's go stand in front of an AC unit. What do you say? Yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs>